Welcome, innovators, to our next episode of Caffeinated Innovation. I'm still Pam Eichenbaum. And I'm always Jen Van Dam. Reporting here from Innovation Works headquarters on the north side. It's a beautiful summer day. What are we getting today? Jen, tell me something. How's how's your week going? Oh, my week is going really well. You know, I'm prepping for a presentation to our entrepreneurs at Alphalab Gear. Um, We do a little marketing presentation from the marketing team every cycle, um, but really try to key in on what those entrepreneurs need in that, you know, in that cohort. Um, So that's really the thing that I'm most focused on and trying to work on right now. What about you, Pam? Well, I just got back from a weekend in Chicago. Did a long weekend with my sister. And we went as teens with our parents. So we're trying it again. This seems to be our theme in the last year-ish of going back to places we went to as children and trying it as adults with without the parental supervision and uh, doing it on our own pace and our own time, which means starting really early and getting out there and seeing a lot and doing a lot. So That's awesome. Yeah. We'd like to welcome everyone to the next episode. Here we are pleased to welcome Representative Valerie Gatos, who serves in the Pennsylvania House representing District 44, which for our listeners, that includes Moon Township, North Fayette Township, Swickley, and Ohio Township. And Representative Dan Frankel, who also serves in the Pennsylvania House, and he represents District 23, which includes Squirrel Hill, Shadyside, Point Breeze, Greenfield, and Oakland. Thank you both for joining us. Thank you, Jen, Pam. Thank you very much. So for our listeners, we've invited these two guests because one of our guests represents the suburban and rural parts of the region, and the other represents parts of the city of Pittsburgh. And together, they serve Pennsylvania, representing a diverse set of communities. And from IW's perspective, as our listeners know, we serve the entire southwestern Pennsylvania region. We serve uh, this most southwestern corner, uh, counties that represent rural populations, the the city of Pittsburgh itself, manufacturers, entrepreneurs from the city, uh, and entrepreneurs from outside the city as well, the high-tech growth universities, and everything else kind of in between. And so having two folks who represent us in Harrisburg, who represent different parts of the population, was really critical to us and to the goal of the podcast. So before we begin the podcast officially, we always like to ask our list, or our guests, rather, about- This is a super serious question. Be ready. <laughs> about their favorite form of caffeine. So- Yes. Who would you, who would like to start? Who? What's your favorite form of caffeine? Well, I'm drinking it right now. So yeah, black coffee. Black uh, coffee. Something that I became accustomed to drinking when I was very young. I went away to school. I was a difficult child, and I went away to school when I was in seventh grade, and uh, and was able to start drinking coffee around the age Ooh. of twelve or thirteen. It became a bad habit. Wow. But, uh, something that I've uh, uh, maintained and tried to back off of. I used to drink black coffee all day long, and I'm pretty much just limiting it to the, to the mornings now. Okay. So uh, if, you're, if the question is, is what juices me up, uh, you know, I'll tell you, I, I go from drinking coffee sometimes to tea, sometimes to water, but what really juices me up is just being in the entrepreneurial community, and I'm really serious when I say that. Yeah. There's something so energizing being around innovative people that, to me, that's really the form of caffeine that, uh, that juices me up. That's great. Thank you. And Jen, what about yours? Uh, so I'm drinking iced tea. I'm taking, you know, some advice from you, Pam. And I'm I'm drinking tea this week, and I'm really liking it. 
Tea's the way to go. Right. It's always the way to go. It's refreshing. <laughs> it's light, not too heavy. That was the thing. I was thinking like coffee when I got up this morning is a little bit too heavy or too bitter. Yeah. I'm, I don't know. Maybe we're spending too much time together. And never. <laughs> never. Uh, okay. <laughs> what about you? So recently I tried my favorite Earl Grey with a little bit of almond milk in it. It was really delightful. I had never done that before. So I am – I'm a only I'm only a tea drinker. Don't drink coffee. Never. And have. I drink everything. She I does. Will try. I've tried so many different things. I had a matcha kick for a little while, a mushroom tea kick for a little while. Now I'm trying iced tea. Now have you have you tried black rifle coffee? No. What is wow. that? Okay. Here we go. A new well, trend actually, for Jen to try. As, as you know a little bit about my background, uh, yeah. I, mm-hmm. I do angel investing. Mm-hmm. And uh, this is sort of a shameless plug, I suppose. <laughs> but uh, one of the companies or one of the organizations I work with is a, a group called Hivers and Strivers. And that group invests in veteran-owned startup companies. And one is Black Rifle Coffee. That's awesome. I'm going to have to try it out. Yeah, you have to try yeah. it. Report they have a lot back. of varieties from Super Kick to, uh, <laughs> to Silence or Sweet. <laughs> <laughs> well, you'll have to report back and I, try it. I will try it. Next episode, Do they have maybe. tea? They have tea, yes. They have Ooh. hot chocolate. Mm. Okay. And where are they they're located here in the region? They are, they are not in the region, okay. uh, but they have a lot of uh, uh, customers in the region. Well, okay, great. We'll have to... I'm going to try it. I think it's, we need to do a recap of the season or some and kind everything of special episode <laughs> and we need to do it from be a whole a separate show with uh with that with that uh new coffee for you okay. to try so why don't we dig in yeah to, let's dig in. you know some of the questions around entrepreneurship that's what you're here for right so for both of you and you can decide who wants to answer first when you look at your respective districts what are the challenges for folks who want to start and or grow a business there well, I'll defer to Representative Frankel as uh, the senior member. He's been in the uh, House oh, for a, a little bit longer, <laughs> not not by age, but uh, by uh, by seniority. So, well, Representative Frankel. Thanks, Valerie. I appreciate that. And uh, you know, I, I represent a district that's really been the center of innovation uh, in Western Pennsylvania. Uh, I have the universities of Carnegie Mellon, uh, the University of Pittsburgh, uh, Chatham, um, uh, Carlo College. So it's a, it's a university. Uh, area that uh, basically you're looking at the intellectual capital being generated all the time. Uh, and those universities have worked very aggressively to uh, promote uh, research and development and spin off uh, entrepreneurial uh, enterprises uh, and very successfully. So we've seen a lot of them throughout my district uh, occur and a lot of them have benefited from uh, the initial capitalization that comes from organizations like Innovation Works. So uh, it's been a really successful transformation and I've been doing this for 20 years and I can tell you that it's really dramatic uh, what I see and you see it in terms of uh, the demographics of the district itself. Uh, it's younger, it's more vibrant, it's high, more highly educated, it's more affluent. Um, and uh, while that presents some challenges in and of itself uh, for our community, uh, it's been a transformation that has been driven by innovation, it's been d- driven by entrepreneurship, it's been driven by our uh, universities uh, as well. So it's it's been a very exciting uh, transition, and I've had the privilege of being in public office for 20 years to see and to help nurture it along um, in ways I think that you guys understand uh, with organizations like Innovation Works through the Ben Franklin Partnership. 
So, so I'm a newly elected representative. I was elected in the fall. So uh, beginning this year, uh, I have, as I said, I'm a newly elected representative. I spent 25 years uh, in the startup space, including having my own startup company. Uh, I've done a lot of work with the uh, Innovation Works, with the other Ben Franklins throughout the state of Pennsylvania, uh, worked with tech councils, co-invested. So it's, it's been pretty exciting. The, uh, one, of my, one of the companies I had invested in had sold to Intel uh, in the early 2000s, and and so that was that was that was what really has enabled me to uh, spend a little bit more time in coaching companies. Uh, but if you're looking at my district, my district, and one of the reasons why I ran is that uh, I, I just see that there's so many opportunities for entrepreneurship, and that really has been a focus of mine uh, when running. And uh, and and I'm on the education committee as well as the commerce committee, and I've been asked to chair the subcommittee on economic development. So this is a really neat opportunity for me to take those experiences and, and, and come back to work with the community. My particular district is really the heart of the district is Moon Township and the Pittsburgh Airport area. Now what's really neat about the Pittsburgh Airport area is that Pittsburgh Airport does have, uh, is in, they're building the new, new airport and in part of that construction, they've got a partnership with Carnegie Mellon to really use that as a test bed for technology. So I find that absolutely incredible, not only from the consumer standpoint, but also from somebody who works with technology companies. That's just huge for our community because it'll be an instant test bed for new technologies. And as people are coming in through Pittsburgh and the Pittsburgh airport, they're going to see what Pittsburgh can offer. Absolutely. It's interesting. You both talked a lot about uh, one, Ben Franklin's, and for our listeners, just to remind them, Innovation Works is the Southwestern Pennsylvania Ben, and so part of the larger statewide network that invests in uh, technology and tech-based economic development. But you also both mentioned kind of the ability in your districts, both of them specifically, which I found interesting, the you know Carnegie Mellon piece with both kind of a test bed at the airport, but also then test bed within the university, both at Carnegie Mellon and at Pitt and the other universities within your district, Representative Frankel. And so I find a lot of really great connections and synergies with that, right, where you both represent these districts that are testing things for the future of the city, the region, and the country, uh, and probably the world. So I think it's it's pretty fantastic to have those two perspectives here, you know, at the same time. You both mentioned the Ben Franklins, and so let's let's talk a little bit about the Commonwealth. So the Commonwealth has been a strong supporter of entrepreneurship for more than 35 years. That's how long the Ben Franklin has been around. Uh, and in Pennsylvania has actually been a pioneer, so a leading tech-based economic development agency, uh, which has then spurred other agencies similar across the country and other states. So why is it important for new business, uh, so those that are created in that, you know, one to five year range. Why is it so important for the Commonwealth to help make that work and to then spur that growth? Well, I mean, it, we've known for years that some of these uh, entrepreneurs have a trouble in the early stages of raising enough capital to get their feet off the ground. Uh, and that's why this program through the Ben Franklin Partnership was more than 30 years old, uh, a program, uh, uh, a government program that was really uh, conceived of by one of my mentors uh, in government, uh, former Mayor Tom Murphy, who was in the legislature 30 years ago, um, uh, that this has been an enormously successful approach, uh, taking relatively small amounts of money to get 
uh, these uh, organizations started so they can be in a position uh, to be attractive uh, to venture capitalists um, and uh, other folks that, uh, that leverage those resources. So when you take a look at the results uh, of Ben Franklin and the Innovation Works in particular here out in Western Pennsylvania, uh, you look at relatively small appropriations from the state uh, that uh, are basically multiplied uh, by hundreds of times. Uh, so we have an appropriation today uh, that is roughly about $15 million, unfortunately uh, far uh, less than what we used to do. We, at one time the appropriation was $50 million, but still today that $15 million leverages hundreds of millions of dollars ultimately. Uh, an economic uh, development, economic activity, job growth regionally, um, and in partnership with the assets that we have at the universities that generate this enormous amount of uh, of uh, research and development do- dollars from the federal government, it's really uh, an extraordinary um, uh, collaboration uh, of all those pieces fitting together to really create something special. That's great. And that appropriation goes to all four. Right. Ben so it, it's right? divided yeah. up um, and... Uh, uh, you know, and, and many of us, and I, you know, believe that we ought to be taking a look at the success of that program, the results it generates, and uh, and once again, maybe making additional investments in it. Well, P- Pennsylvania has exceptional education, uh, ed- educational institutions, and we mentioned a few of those. Uh, additionally, in my district, we have uh, Robert Morris University, and we also have uh, the Community College uh, of Allegheny County, as well as uh, the Pittsburgh Technical College. So there's a lot of institutions, those are just in my district, but throughout the state of Pennsylvania, we have a remarkable educational system. And uh, for many years, people were leaving Pennsylvania. So I think, you know, these opportunities to help fund these companies and and get them in that entrepreneurial spirit has has really harnessed the education system that we already have here, which is above and beyond uh, any other states, really. And uh, so one of the things that I did as part of angel investing was that I was the president of the Pennsylvania Angel Network. And that was the uh, that was early in the 2000s when it was formed. And that was formed to create coalition of all the angel investors throughout the state of Pennsylvania. At that time, we had 18 groups roughly investing one to two million uh, uh, each per year. Uh, and and that has just been phenomenal to provide that capital to these startup companies so that we basically say Pennsylvania is open for business and uh, particularly in the startup space. Now, that, that doesn't mean that there, there are things that we could be doing better, and those are some of the things that I would like to work on uh, that really help startup companies uh, from a tax basis. Now, we all know that startup companies typically don't uh, don't make a whole lot of revenue for a whole lot of time, but you know we want to do things that incentivize investors to put that money in while those companies are getting built, so that uh, let's say you know reduction of capital gains at the end, uh, because those are those are illiquid investments, and angel investors take the greatest risk uh, when putting money in uh, in that initial round. So so anything we can do to to just incentivize both entrepreneurs and investors to uh, to create companies, I'm definitely very supportive. And I think that actually is also a good question for you, Representative Frankel. Are there, you know, some other things that you think we could be doing as a state, you know, to help entrepreneurs here? Well, I think, as I said, again, uh, making additional investments in organizations like Innovation Works is something that that has proven to work. Uh, tax policy is very important. Uh, so we ought to be looking at, in addition to uh, – 
to some of the things that Valerie mentioned, uh, increasing uh, the cap on the net operating loss carry forward. Um, that's something we ought to be doing because that incentivizes uh, in, in a, right, in a and, very real way. And, and not just the cap, but also the, the length right. of time right. since we talked about how long it takes companies to, to establish. I think we I think we increased it from 10 to 20 years. We did. Uh, we did. Uh, and, uh, but um, – but but at the same time, you know, when we talk about making some of these investments, we need to figure out where we're going to find revenue to pay for those things. Um, and I think uh, that we t- have to take a look. We've done a lot generally for business in this state uh, over the years. We've eliminated the capital stock franchise tax. We've lowered the uh, corporate net income tax. Um, uh, but we have lots of lagging uh, investments that uh, that are really crying out, uh, whether it's, uh, you know, increasing tax credits in research and development, net uh, uh, operating loss carry forward. Uh, some of these programs that uh, that are very important to entrepreneurship, uh, but we need to find a way to pay for them. And I think one of the ways we ought to take a look at is is uh, uh, you know closing some loopholes uh, for larger businesses. You know the Delaware loophole uh, that uh, basically allows the largest corporations that operate in our state to shield income and lower their own tax rates. Uh, we pay for it. Our businesses pay for it. The small businesses pay for it. We ought to take a look at that. Uh, we've made some progress on that level, but not enough. And in my view, we ought to also take a look at taxing uh, the uh, gas and energy business in order to generate it. So we need to find resources uh, to pay for some of these uh, programs that, uh, and tax credits and, and investments that we need to make. Um, and I think we need to talk about that side of the equation as well. So, so I differ a little bit in that, um, and let me, let me tell you this by anecdote. So I, I sit on the liquor committee and we had a hearing about, uh, about the microbreweries. Uh, we know that microbreweries have just proliferated in Pennsylvania and that has just been incredible hiring a lot of people, uh, selling a lot of product and, uh, being innovative. Well, it turns out that that um, they found out that they, the, the Department of Revenue had forgot to tax them because there was a loophole. Um, so we're sitting in hearings, and, they're say- and we had a lot of people testifying saying that they need to be taxed, they need to be taxed, they need to be taxed. But I came to the absolute opposite conclusion at the end of the day, and that is, wait a minute, we forgot to tax a segment, and it proliferated. Now, what, what conclusion do you come to? I come to the conclusion is that we should be not taxing a whole lot of other people, and there might be some additional industries that would proliferate. The other aspect of that is that uh, I had invested in a company that sold to Intel. Uh, a lot of technology companies, when they sell, they sell to out-of-state entities. In many respects, we need to be encouraging in-state corporations those that can potentially afford to buy our companies uh, and our technologies to stay here in Pennsylvania. So perhaps we should be looking at incentives that we should give to some of these bigger companies that could be passed down to the investors to incentivize them to invest and keep those companies here in Pennsylvania. So you know, one one option, and we kind of I, I and some colleagues were talking about this, is that how about incentivize uh, companies. If they, if it's a Pennsylvania company that gets bought by a Pennsylvania company, uh, they get some sort of tax break. I think that would actually bring in companies to come to Pennsylvania if they know that they end up selling to another Pennsylvania company. I don't know the details on, you know, how we can, you know, work this out, but I think that um, that's really been the challenge in the tech community 
uh, is that how do we get these companies to stay here? We build technology uh, and and we want we want them to stay. Absolutely. And I, I mean, I think from an innovation works perspective, yeah. we're certainly trying to develop resource or work through resources mm-hmm. and programs to help get. Of course, all the companies that come through IW do have to to stay in Pennsylvania, but other resources and opportunities to get you know entrepreneurs to stay in the region and and just to stay within the Commonwealth itself. So, but you got to be careful that you don't lock them in here either, mm-hmm. because then investors have a hard time with that if there is no buyer or if the buyer is going to offer a significantly less price because they can't sell to another Pennsylvania company. So those are some real problems that I think we need to address. And I, I don't immediately know the answer to that, but I think we need to be honest with ourselves of what, what those goals and objectives are. And and now on this, being a legislator on this side of the fence, my goal is to grow the economy in Pennsylvania, uh, keep our jobs here, and uh, still be a force of technology. Yeah. And it sounds like with the uh, economic development committee that you'll be on, you'll be chairing, you said, right? Yes. Yeah. It sounds like this will be kind of a real primary point of conversation that you'll be leading in the next year. Absolutely. And we'd love to have you guys involved. Great. One of the things that I also think is a really important factor in terms of attracting and retaining uh, these companies and helping them grow is quality of life issues. And uh, state government, along with local government, have been incredible partners with the private sector uh, in order to change uh, uh, the quality of life and become attractive. So when you take a look at the demographics of Pittsburgh, uh, in terms of job growth, in terms of the age, average age of uh, our, our citizens, it's changed dramatically. It's become a very attractive place, and I see it in my district. You take a look at the investments that Google has made and the, uh, the number of jobs they've created. We have uh, a, uh, a medical uh, equipment manufacturer, Philips, uh, bringing 3,000 jobs into uh, Bakery Square. Um, and a lot of this deals with uh, the fact that the, that the quality of life is here. The housing is relatively inexpensive, so that's changing. Uh, the quality of life in terms of the amenities and things that we've done uh, to make Pittsburgh more attractive over the years with the help of government in partnership uh, through programs like uh, uh, RCAP uh, and other, uh, other programs that make direct investments that leverage private sector dollars to do this development. We've really transformed this city uh, in the last 20 years uh, in a way that is really uh, very attractive. I remember one of the first successes we had uh, was Rand Corporation uh, moving here. Rand was looking for uh, a place to, to have a, a third headquarters because in, San Franci- in, in uh, Los Angeles and Santa Monica, uh, it was too expensive for, for people to live in Washington, D.C., the same thing. They ended up pick, picking Pittsburgh. And uh, now there are two, 300 jobs here um, uh, that, uh, that leverage other resources because people see Rand is really quite a signature to have uh, in working with our universities. So these quality of life issues are really essential, I think, in terms of helping uh, to attract and retain uh, these businesses here. And I think we're reaping the benefits of the investments that we've made over, over many years uh, to transform Pittsburgh. Absolutely. I agree with that 100%. Uh, we've got a world-class symphony. Uh, we've got, uh, we, we have a, a, an amazing public television station, WQED, in your district. And, I mean, there's just, you know, we've got world-class sports teams. And uh, that's absolutely essential. That is a big equation. So we talked about education. We talked about uh, uh, you know, quality of life. The other thing is uh, transportation. You know, we need to work on transportation. Huge issue. Um, yeah. So those are all that 
you know, create the equation for a successful economy. And I think that uh, both uh, Representative Frankel and I are very supportive of a lot of those things. Yeah, I, w- I would say the biggest challenge we have is really the infrastructure issue around transportation, both roads and bridges and, and mass transit uh, in terms of, you know, kind of obstacles that are basically holding us back from getting to that next level. And that's, and that's a real dilemma because it's an expensive proposition. Oh yeah, and we we've talked to entrepreneurs about this actually, yeah. uh, with through through two of our through our two accelerators rather that they love the access to the cultural benefits of the region, the symphony, the theater, uh, the parks as well, and the the relative affordability also in close proximity either here to Innovation Works on the north side mm-hmm. or even to Alphalab and Alphalab Gear and East Liberty. But the transportation, as you both said, really is something that I think as entrepreneurs moving here. Or who grew up here or lived here before, they see that kind of gap in the in the access point. So, so happy to hear that others yeah. are seeing that as an impact to the entrepreneurial community. Because I think as we continue to grow, we certainly need to continue to consider that in order to really get to that next level. Well, and 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 also, you want to, as you mentioned, parks. We've got in my district. I'll give a little plug that we've got the Montour Trail. And people go biking on the Montour Trail. It's absolutely beautiful. We also have Settler's Cabin and uh, the Pittsburgh Botanic Gardens, which is working right now on some phenomenal uh, changes within there that is going to be a showpiece probably for Western Pennsylvania. So there's some really neat cultural things happening all throughout Allegheny County. And Representative Frankel mentioned something that's very important is what's called RCAPS. Uh, That's a form of funding for these special projects, yeah. uh, which really create that quality of life. We also have um, some of the, uh, the the funds from the RAD board, right? Uh, and mm, so that's the, the regional, regional asset authority, district, right? regional asset mm-hmm. district. And uh, that's also really helpful. And that, that money comes from the gaming money, right? Well, the regional asset district comes from a, 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 an increase in the sales tax that we did. Sales tax, about, the sales tax, that was, right. That was about uh, more than 20 years ago that we did that. That was able to take offline uh, some of these assets like the zoos, the libraries, and so forth out of the city budget and give them a dedicated stream of funding. In addition to which, I mean, they also uh, act uh, in uh, in the cultural community uh, as like Innovation Works because they fund some smaller arts and cultural organizations as well to get them off their feet. Uh, so it's a great resource. And we, ha- and we have been able, uh, Valerie, to, as you, as you know, the GDF, CITF, these are... Uh, <laughs> All these, these acronyms. Yeah, <laughs> it's these, okay. These, but, we have acronyms. We have acronyms. Yeah. But but essentially, they're basically yeah. programs that that are able to take money uh, that is directed from uh, our uh, gaming organizations. Then when we when we decided to have legalized gambling and expand it to table games and things like that, uh, there's a dedicated stream of funding that comes in to fund uh, uh, organizations that basically make some decisions to give relatively small amounts of money. But again, like everything else, sometimes small amounts of money are used to basically leverage uh, much more money. significant, yeah. mm-hmm. signi- exactly. significant dollars. And uh, you guys know that better than anybody. So, so if there are any ideas out there, of, <laughs> uh, or just let us know any of these assets that you want us to, to really focus on, call either of our offices and uh, we'd love to hear your opinions on that. So the airport is actually, I think, one of our biggest assets that we didn't talk about, right? And Representative Gatos, that's in your district. And with the massive investment in rehabbing the airport and really bringing it to the next Mm -hmm. level, we've, of course, had quite a few new carriers invest here in the region and and bring direct flights. 
My personal favorite is the British Airways flight. Uh, I will <laughs> That's be, a popular one. <laughs> I'll be planning to take my quick, you know, long weekend only, of course, over to London uh, at some point in the next year. Why not if the if you have direct access, right? Absolutely. So it's such an asset. And I think also in particular for the entrepreneur entrepreneurial community to really connect with investors who are outside the region and with others interested in moving here for that. Uh, sure. Space. Well, you know what, what? One interesting thing about the airport is that uh, a lot of people say, "Well, wait, we just built that airport, you know, a, a decade ago, or well, actually, it's now twenty years." But um, you know that that when it was built, it was built as a hub, and so this is just changing the business model. So you guys know all about changing business models, and so so it's changing the business model to make it a destination and make it a showpiece, uh, so people want to actually go to the airport. Come here to Pittsburgh, uh, and I think we've we've already seen uh, that attraction and harnessing those forces in the technology with CMU uh, to really make this a really neat show showpiece. So we're pretty excited about that. Mm-hmm. We actually Innovation Works has a. Um, uh, what would we call an exhibit. What do we call it? An exhibit out at the airport that features our yeah. entrepreneurs on it. Yeah. And so you can go in and, you know, test out what if you were an entrepreneur and, um, <laughs> you know, an entrepreneur that, uh, was worked on four moms. Um, Henry Thorne is in there, an entrepreneur. Um, Courtney uh, Courtney Williamson, who's on this on the season, a bill a life is yeah. on uh, in that, and you can test out you know what it looks like to be an entrepreneur here in southwestern Pennsylvania. Well, what what I love about companies like uh, the the Parkinson helping mm-hmm, Parkinson's mm-hmm. patient, a, a, what is it that a bill of life? Mm-hmm. I keep on saying, I think it's another name, a bill of life, is that it really is solving problems that help people. And that's the cool thing about the technology here in Pittsburgh is that Mm -hmm. there is a lot of technology that's integrated with our hospital system and that changes people's lives. Mm -hmm. So that's, that's really exciting. And that's in Concourse C if folks want to take a look (laughs) at it next time they're at the airport. I've (laughs) walked over and checked on it a few times Mm -hmm. after being at the airport. Mm -hmm. So Jen, I interrupted you before. I'm so sorry. It's okay. So our final question really, and you alluded to it before, how can listeners get in touch with your staff and engage with you about entrepreneurship across the region? They want to talk to you. What should they do? Well, I would tell you, uh, and I say this to people all the time when I talk to groups of organizations, no matter what the issue is, uh, with your state representative, you have a real opportunity to have uh, an interpersonal uh, uh, interaction. I mean, you can actually get in to see us, make an appointment, and we'll see you. We represent about 65,000 people. We have a pretty intimate relationship with our, with our, with our constituents. Uh, so communicating with us is something that is easy to get done. You shouldn't be intimidated about it. Uh, I enjoy it. I have a, uh, I have a, a district that engages me constantly um, uh, on all kinds of issues. And, uh, and I, I never turn down a meeting. Um, and I'll answer the phone, and uh, my staff and I will respond to letters. And I have a terrific staff, both in the district and in, in Harrisburg. I currently chair the uh, Democratic chair of the Health Committee, um, and we work very hard on health policy, which is also very uh, important to our region. Um, so uh, I think uh, I would encourage people who, uh, who are interested in supporting uh, businesses in our community and, and entrepreneurship uh, to interact with us, come see us, talk to us about your issues, and we can help facilitate uh, both responses from your state government and answers to your questions. 
Well, I, I absolutely agree with that. Uh, I, I also think that we need a little bit of entrepreneurship up at the Capitol. So anyone who wants to come and visit and walk around for the day, uh, I think uh, it'd be nice to have some extra eyes in there to to to, to just understand what we, we deal with on a daily basis. As I mentioned, I have run my own company for 25 years, so this is my first step into politics and being an elected official. Uh, so I think uh, the more we hear from our constituents, the better. The way that you can contact us is go to our website. My website is www.repgatos.com. That's G-A-Y-D-O-S. And uh, just pick up the phone and give us a call. And we'd love to have you guys engage. As I mentioned, as being the chair of the Subcommittee on Economic Development, we're looking to do some hearings perhaps. Uh, If you're an entrepreneur out there and uh, you want to lend your thoughts on how we can help you uh, help you in your business. Uh, tell us what's wrong. Tell us what's right. Uh, I'd love to hear from you. So contact us and, and maybe we'll put you on the, uh, at the microphone. Awesome. Well, thank you both for joining us today. We we're so pleased to have, have you join here at, at Innovation Works and hear more about your backgrounds and respective interests and, and commitments to entrepreneurship in the region. And for all of our listeners, have a great day and enjoy that caffeine. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you. Well, what a great episode, Jen, right? I I was really happy. I know we were all really excited, but also, you know, what what is the episode with our legislators going to look like? It was a very different type of episode since, you know, most of our previous episodes, of course, in season one and season two were with entrepreneurs and testing out this new format with two of our elected officials. And then, of course, last week with uh, the board, our board chairperson, Catherine Mott. It was kind of unique for us, but I think both worked really well. I agree. Yeah, this was a different season for us. I mean, it's only season two, so there was we had to do something different. I hope all our listeners liked the differences. We'd love for you to share that with us on Twitter, Facebook, um, and just let us know what you're thinking and uh, if this season was the directions that you'd like to see future seasons go in. Absolutely. I think that's great. We all We always love listener feedback. But more importantly, I think our listeners need to celebrate a really big occasion that Jen just celebrated this past weekend. Jen is now officially married. I'm officially a Mrs. I've been talking – I feel like at every episode this season, and if we go back to the first one, I think I talked about, oh my gosh, I'm getting married in X many days. Well, I'm married for X many days. I've been married since Sunday, so – that's very exciting. And being a missus is very exciting. And I got a really good – okay, so I feel like our audience is going to care yeah. about this. A wedding gift that I got was an espresso maker. Oh, yes. have you opened it yet? I have not tried it yet, but uh, maybe that's fodder for season three. Ooh, I like yeah. it. Mm-hmm. I like it. I want to know about all the activity with it an espresso. It feels very fancy. It looks very fancy. Yeah, it's very fancy. Very, very fancy. <laughs> I like it. Well – Listeners, again, make sure you wish Jen a, a big congratulations or mazel tov, as, as I would say, <laughs> on Twitter. Uh, I know she's appreciating lots of love right now. Mm-hmm. And one update for you know folks following my Earl Grey tea fascination. What's going on, Pam? So I tried a cocktail last week, Ooh. an Earl Grey cocktail at Cinder – yeah, it was at Cinderland's Cinder in the Strip. And it was absolutely delightful. It felt like – you know, I was drinking just a wonderful cup of tea infused with a little bit of alcohol. It was a great way to end the day. Yeah. So just to, you know, really close out our season, <laughs> I'm drinking Earl Grey every morning. 
had a nice drink in the evening with Earl Grey, that's the way to go. Mm. Nice. You don't seem impressed. I mean, I've had – so I've had a couple <laughs> – I think I had a coffee uh, alcoholic drink at Cinderland's, and I don't know if I loved it, but maybe I need to try the tea one. Maybe that's the thing. I recommend it Yeah, to tea all is of our like, listeners. I feel like alcoholic coffee has like a weird – taste me because it's an upper and a downer but tea i guess makes me feel i don't know tea also has caffeine yes but i feel like the feeling of tea right is like this mellow yeah so i don't know something i've had earl grey cocktails before at at bars in other cities and probably here as well and i always really enjoyed them and so i was happy to find one that i liked nice so we're also finishing out the summer i know it's so sad (laughs) (sighs) labor day was last weekend also Mm -hmm. So the pools aren't open anymore. Yeah. So sad. But hopefully we'll continue with some warm weather and just some time outside, which is really all all we can ask for before the cold, dark winter sets upon us. Well, and for IW, we have a ton of stuff going on in oh, the fall, Oh, we do. Right? You're right. We do. We have our demo day coming up on October 2nd. Mm-hmm. That's so soon. And we hope that you know everyone will join us. We'll be at the new Hazlet Theater in the north side. Uh, just before that, the UpPrize application will close ah. at the end of the day. So I think 11.59 p.m. on September 30th, the UpPrize application closes. So, And if listeners remember, we did speak with the UpPrize coordinator, Erica Friedman, this season, as well as the funder, who Kenya Boswell, which uh, mm-hmm. she works for BNY Mellon, of course, as the funder of the program. And then one of the past winners of UpPrize, Kara from Marinus Analytics. Mm-hmm. Those are some two big things coming up. What did you learn this season? This is a season of a lot of firsts. It was certainly a season of a lot of firsts. I I would think the first thing that comes to mind is for for others out there looking to do podcasts or if you have your own podcast, I don't know, hire a producer. And this is not just a shameless plug for Sidekick Media. This is, in in all honesty, during the first season, if, if listeners remember, our sound quality was not as great. And we had some trouble. We we really tried, and I give Jen so much credit because she really put a lot of effort into editing and really flexed a muscle that you know neither of us had really used enough before to produce a high quality podcast. And we learned a lot. Mm-hmm. And this year hired a producer, which has been great working with the folks at Sidekick Media. And I think it's also just made our lives a lot easier. So whomever you would choose to work with. Yeah. I think the idea of taking that piece of it off your individual plate totally. is significant. It saves you time. It saves you stress. And it really increases the value and the quality of the work. Mm-hmm. I'd say the second thing that I think I, I really learned quite a bit this season was that we could challenge ourselves with interviewing generally just the entrepreneur Rather than, you know, in season one, if folks remember, we had the entrepreneur and then the IW staff person that the entrepreneur had been supported by uh, throughout their time working either through Alpha Lab, Alpha Lab Gear, or, or IW's portfolio. And pulling that piece of it out, although we did miss one voice, I think we got a much greater voice out of the entrepreneur, which was really valuable. And it allowed us to really ask questions that I think we probably missed in the first season because the portfolio executive or executive in residence, as we used to call them, was able to jump in with different things. So I felt like it provided more 
fruitful conversation. Oh yeah. What I do you totally think? Agree. No, I agree with both of your points. Um, I definitely agree that I think we, you know, as you know, the roles that we're in, we don't are we're not always sitting with the entrepreneurs and connecting with them in the same way that other folks on the team are. Um, so I think this really helped have us to have a rapport with some of the entrepreneurs that maybe we haven't connected with in a while or don't connect with all the time. Uh, I would say my second thing is that we know some really awesome people. So, you know, the fact that we got to sit in a room and just talk to Catherine Mott. I mean, she's she's our board chairperson and she's fantastic and she's totally accessible, but I've never had a sit-down conversation in that way. Um, and that was just a really awesome experience. The same to go with like, you know, Chris Martin to have him here and talking about the work that he does with our companies and, you know, the corporate programs that we're doing. Um just really getting to sit down and have these in-depth conversations that we don't always get to have has just been a really awesome experience. And I'm excited to do a lot more of that. No, I agree. And I hope we can continue this more unique format going Mm -hmm. forward. Mm -hmm. It's been a great season two. We've so appreciated you joining us with your time and your enthusiasm. And we hope you will Share this, as Jen said earlier, with your respective networks. Uh, We love to really connect with folks, so give us your feedback and send ideas for future seasons. We hope to be back in the late fall, I would think, for maybe... Well, before that, I think we're going to do... Oh, yeah. I think we're going to do another holiday, pre-holiday episode, something post-demo day, Mm -hmm. so... Please stay connected and stay tuned because some bonus episodes will be forthcoming Mm -hmm. before the end of the calendar year. Yay. Thank you so much for listening to this season. And we really hope you'll be back next season. Innovation Works is the Southwestern Pennsylvania Ben Franklin technology partner. Music created by Ethan Ziegler, Startable alum. Special thanks to our season two producer, Sidekick Media Services.